Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for um, <clears throat> August 2nd, 2009. And we're going to continue with the study regarding uh, Benjamin Krem, Maitreya. We're going to be going segueing a little bit right now, and we're going to be looking at Yasser Arafat for a second and Israel. And just to understand, uh, a lot of people in, in the Christian uh, circles right now are very, very much against Israel. They're the source of all evil. They're the spawn of all wickedness. And they've, most of these people have applied the promises that still apply to Israel in the Bible to themselves. And this gives them a right or a justification to demonize all of Israel. Okay. So replacement theology, this type of thing, British Israelism, there's certain sects of the, um, black races that believe they're the 12 tribes of Israel and all those other things. Uh, but the Bible clearly gives reference to the specific 12 tribes in Revelation 7 and a, a further clarification in Revelation 14 that um, the emphasis will come back to the Jews during the tribulation at this time. And um, they specifically give the tribes by name in Revelation 7. And there are going to be 144,000 Jewish male virgins uh, that have not known a woman, and uh, twelve thousand from each tribe, and they're going to go and they're going to, you know, preach the good news, the gospel, essentially, worldwide. And uh, there's this big push, even in Christian circles, to totally demonize Israel and everything about it, and all the promises to Israel are, are negated, and none of them apply anymore, and and these types of things, and. Um, you know, Romans, I believe it's Romans 11, talks a lot about this, that they are still beloved for the Father's sake, and that they still have to get saved the same way we do. So what I try to do in regards to this particular subject is have biblical balance. I don't just say, say that um, uh, a Jew has this free pass to heaven because of the blood running through their veins, uh, but we also shouldn't boast against the natural uh, branches, as the Bible talks about, I believe, in Romans 7. Uh I'm sorry, that was Romans 11 on both of those references that I talked about. You just read Romans 11. You know, Romans 11 is pretty tough to get around. I'm, I'm sure that, and please don't, if, if you want to argue with me about this, don't bother. Because, you know, I, I don't even, I, I've argued about this point so many times with people. Um, you're, you're not going to sway me from, from believing uh, this. And I probably won't sway you, so it's kind of a pointless thing. Uh, going further... Let's just look at this. I want to show you one aspect of what a liar Benjamin Krem is during this interview. Let's look at his defense of Yasser Arafat and his condemnation of the Israelites for not giving up enough land. I mean, 41% just wasn't enough for Maitreya. But see, it's never enough. It wouldn't have mattered. It, it, it's been proven time and time and time again. Every time they try to placate the Palestinians, it doesn't matter. Why is that? Because the Quran tells them to totally wipe the Jews off the face of the planet. That is the, that's the only solution. So you could give them you know, all of the land, and they still wouldn't be happy until all the Jews are dead. Okay? So that's, and, and again, that ultimately ends up applying to what they call all of the infidels. Who is an infidel according to the Quran? It's a non-believer in Islam. They don't believe in Allah, who is, who is nothing more than the fallen angelic moon god. That's all he is. He's a fallen angel. Okay? They're worshiping a fallen angel. Allah is not the god of the Bible. I've done several studies on this, just key in Muslim, in the keyword search box on my homepage, Scott A. Johnson on Sermon Audio, and you'll find them just key in Muslim or part of the word, 
or Islam. Uh, I'm looking now at a map, and this is going to be up on the PDF that I will post that you can key on. And this map really is a little bit incomplete because it doesn't even include Iran. I don't see Turkey there. But what it's showing is all of the nations around tiny little Israel that are Islamic. And Israel, I'm just going to read this, Israel is a Jewish democratic nation, one one-nineteenth the size of California. It's one one-nineteenth size of California, and is one of the smallest nations on the face of the earth, with only about 8,000 square miles of land mass. It is roughly two times the size of Rhode Island, which is our smallest state in America. Israel is 260 miles at its longest and has a 112-mile coastline. It is 60 miles at its widest and 3 to 9 miles at its narrowest. We're talking about a tiny, tiny country, okay? The nation of Israel is surrounded by 22 hostile Arab Islamic dictatorships that are 640 times her size and 60 times her population. Arab propagandists call Israel expansionists. There is no truth to the statement as Israel occupies one-sixth of one percent of the lands called Arab. Understand, one-sixth of one percent Israel occupies and yet all we ever hear on the news are these poor Palestinians that are being infringed upon their rights because these terrible, wicked Israeli Jews are gobbling up all their land. It's the exact opposite. The total exact opposite. One-sixth of one percent of all the lands called Arab. Why, why are the Arabs so obsessed with getting what little the Jews have away from them? Who is behind this obsession? It's Satan, obviously. 22 nations, 640 times her size, and yet they're always crying foul against Israel. It doesn't, this logically makes no sense whatsoever if you look at these statements. There are 13 million Jews in the world, almost 5 million fewer than there were in 1939, and 30 million Arabs and 1.4 billion Muslims. There's no comparison. No comparison whatsoever. The Arab propagandists and biased, irresponsible news services call Israel expansionist in the aggressor against the Arab peoples. Israel has fought only defensive wars. To the Arabs, Israel's resistance is their aggression. Which would lead to Israel's total destruction if allowed to go unchecked. See, what they'll do is they show all these pictures on TV, all these poor little Islamic kids being maimed and malformed. And the reason that that may be is because they've got rockets coming from Israel after, but what initiated the rocket attacks? I've told you this before, you know, uh, when we did that study on Gaza, and just key in Gaza in the keyword search box on my homepage on Sermon Audio, and you'll find it, you know. There's been, you know, was like 8,000 rockets or something fired from Gaza since a certain date. I forget, it was like 2001 or something. And Israel finally decides to retaliate and then they become the great Satan again. Because they're defending themselves? Well, when Israel fires back, what you see on the news are the people that got hurt from the rockets. And what a terror Islamic terrorist will do is he will push a baby bucky with a little baby in, in front of him so that the so that the Israeli people won't fire on him, the Israeli military. These people are 
so satanically possessed to do something like that, if you see their actions at their protest, if you look at the studies I've done, look at the pictures, look at the studies uh, or, or the protests where these people show up, they're demon-possessed. Now, does it mean I want them to all go to hell? No, I don't, I don't wish that any of them would go to hell. I pray to God they get saved. I'm being realistic. I'm giving you the facts. Go up on the internet and look at their behavior. We're talking some serious demon possession here. okay? And I'm not going to make apologies for their behavior or for what their Quran says. And I've got the verses from their own Quran that document this. It's very easy to prove this stuff. It's not hard. So, again, is um, these, these acts of Israel and self-defense are illogically viewed as, quote, acts of aggression. Is illogical the proper term to be used here? Of course, of course it is. But is logic really a considered factor in much of today's news propaganda? Now, let's go ahead and look at some quotes from good old Yasser Arafat, this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful man of peace that brought that died of a broken heart over over Israel, not you know having her over him knocking in all of Israel's land, or the forty one percent that was offered to him wasn't enough. Yasser Arafat, who actually won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1994. This shows you how warped our world is. Give this devil the Peace Prize. He was the Palestinian president of the Palestinian Authority from 1996 to... uh, I don't know, that doesn't give a date there when it ended. Anyway, he lived to 2004. I believe that it was till 2004. Uh, Here's a quote from Yasser Arafat. Quote, We plan to eliminate the state of Israel and establish a purely Palestinian state. We will make life unbearable for the Jews by psychological warfare and population explosion. We Palestinians will take over everything, including all of Jerusalem. Remember, according to Benjamin Krem, he was this wonderful, wonderful man of peace, died of a broken heart, wouldn't hurt a fly. He went to all of the peace negotiations, bent over backwards, but the Jews just wouldn't give him enough land. And when they was offered 41%, Maitreya repeatedly told him, no, 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 don't do it because it's not fair. What is fair? The only thing that would be fair is the total annihilation of the Jews. Why would Satan want to annihilate the Jews? Well, then, because revelation couldn't be fulfilled. We wouldn't have, you know, 144,000 Jewish male versions going around to proclaim the word of God. There's many other reasons you could look at biblically, but that's one of them. If he could wipe the face of the planet, if he could wipe the Jews off the face of the planet, the book of Revelation could not be fulfilled. It's the exact reason that he defiled, um, that he that these fallen angels came down in Noah's day, at least Satan had a stamp of approval on it, because he knew if he could defile humanity and destroy the seed of humanity, then there's a Bible verse that couldn't be fulfilled, and I've already read it, and I'm going to go ahead and read it again in uh, Genesis 3, where God is pronouncing um, this judgment on Satan, the serpent, and when he says, I will put enmity or war between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head. The woman's seed was going to bruise his head, and thou shall bruise his heel. Okay, the um, if humanity could be eliminated at that time, he could have never got his head bruised. Do you understand the point I'm trying to make here? Now, Jesus Christ was fulfillment of that prophecy of bruising Satan's head, okay? But if he could have wiped humanity, if he could have corrupted the seed, remember, it boils down to the seed because God talks about the seed here in Genesis 3. The, the woman's seed, and between the serpent's seed. If he could corrupt that seed enough, 
through these giants and, and, and through the proliferation of these things, and if they could kill all of humanity, then the prophecies of the Bible could have never been fulfilled. Well, he's no different today. And this is a big reason why they want to wipe the Jews off the face of the planet, so that the book of Revelation and certain parts of Daniel cannot be fulfilled. So let's go further. We just saw one quote from Mr. Wonderful, uh, broken-hearted uh, Yasser Arafat. Here's another quote from him. The victory march will continue until the Palestinian flag flies in Jerusalem and in all of Palestine. Another quote. Whoever stands by a just cause cannot possibly be called a terrorist. Oh, what a lie from the pit of hell that is. See, their version of a just cause. Just implies justice, right? What, what is there just about Islam? There's nothing. It's either Islam's way or no way. Forced conversion or beheadment. I mean, that's what they say to do. Convert them or kill them. Slay the infidel. Now, again, if you don't believe this, key in Muslim on the keyword search box on my homepage, go to the PDF for any of those given teachings, and I'll give you all the quotes from the Quran. I'm not making this stuff up. From their own holy book. A lot of people say, well, I know a Muslim and he's not like that. Well, he's not a fundamentalist. He's not being fundamental to his faith. He's like a lukewarm Christian. He's just going through the motions. But the ones that are fundamental to their faith are the ones that are strapping on the nail bombs, running in the cafes, and blowing themselves up in women and children and everyone else. Because they're being fundamental to their faith to kill and eradicate the Jews in particular. Let's go further. Our, this is a Yasser Arafat, quote, Our law is a Jordanian law that we inherited, which applies to both the West Bank and Gaza, and sets the death penalty for those who sell land to the Israelis. Death penalty for selling land to them. Remember, he's a man of peace. Uh, another one. I mean, did, did, could you believe how Benjamin Krem was praising him in that last... I mean, he went out of his way. He praised him far greater than he praised Maitreya. He really did. I mean, he was just couldn't say enough good about him. I can't think of a more evil p- person, you know, that you could hardly describe. I mean, Aleister Crowley? I mean, I, he's probably a little more evil. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't even stand to look at the guy. He looks so vile and evil. Another quote. We will not bend or fail until the blood of every last Jew, from the youngest child to the eldest to the oldest elder, is spilt to redeem our land. Now, God had originally given this land to the Jews. Okay? Remember Old Testament? They came and took back possession of a part of that, but not near the, 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 to the extent of, of the original Israel that was given to them. And now they have even less because they've continued to give it away and give it away to appease the Palestinians. And every time they give more away, they just move their rockets in a little bit closer so they can launch them on, on their population. It's insanity. And one of the big things that, that Obama's trying to do is, is establish a, you know, a, the a Palestinian state within Israel, have this two-state solution. I've done a whole teaching on this. One of my most recent teachings on Obama, how he's uh, Obama to abandon Israel. And uh, it's no mystery. And, you know, Satan's behind this. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ isn't going to let Israel get wiped off the planet. It's not going to happen. But um, there's going to be a lot of bloodshed in, in between, unfortunately. So they, he says right here, the solution is to the, the blood of every last Jew from the youngest child to the oldest elder to, 
um, is spilled to redeem our land. Another quote, peace for us means the destruction of Israel. So this is his version of peace. This is what Yasser Arafat is quoted as saying. So yes, he's if you if Benjamin Krem, if your interpretation of peace is the destruction of Israel and all of her occupants and all the Jews, you're evidently that's your warped view of peace. Then he goes on to say, We were preparing for an all out war, a war which will last for generations. I mean, what a wonderful guy. What's not to like, you know? Here's some opinions of of Yasser Arafat. This is one from Orani Falasi. He says Arafat contradicts himself every five minutes. He plays the double cross, lies even even if you ask him what time it is. Why? Because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and he is of his father the devil, and of his works he will do. He's a liar from the beginning. He is the father. His, his father is the father of lies. He lies every five minutes. He contradicts himself. He's a liar. Here's another one. This is from Natan Sharansky. He said, It is not surprising, then, that in decades since Oslo began, Arafat used all the resources placed at his disposal to fan the flames of hatred against Israel. Well, but Benjamin Krem was just saying that he was this wonderful guy that tried to go to all the peace negotiations and just tried to cow down to the Israelis. And and even though they offered him 41% of the land, obviously that wasn't fair. But this guy's saying the exact opposite. And that's all I ever saw. He used all of his natural resources placed at his disposal, Yasser Arafat, to fan the flames of hatred against Israel. Benjamin Krem is a liar from the pit of hell. And so is Maitreya, his master. Here's another one from this particular man. He said, Arafat rejected the deal because as a dictator who had directed all his energies towards strengthening the Palestinians' hatred toward Israel, Arafat could not afford to make peace. Again, this is the exact opposite. Uh, Arafat is speaking the exact opposite, and these people are confirming the exact opposite of what we just heard from from Benjamin Krem. And this is one of the main things that Maitreya and Krem are concerned about. Israel. Imagine that. Imagine that. I've done several teachings on this. World War III, the whole nine yards. You can key them up in the search box. On my homepage, but <coughs> excuse me, uh, exactly the opposite. And we're just supposed to take everything that Benjamin Krem is saying at face value. We're supposed to take his Bible studies, his corrupted, perverted Bible studies at face value. How we've already misinterpreted the Bible, and we're supposed to take you know his views of Arafat face value. He's a liar. There's another one from um, Charles Schumer. And he said Arafat was a barrier to peace. But see, according to Krem, you know, how dare we say anything about this wonderful, wonderful man of peace. Now let's go ahead. I'm going to go back now to the interview on YouTube. And we're going to listen to the very uh, last two minutes of George Norrie. And we're going to see how this interview affected George Norrie. Okay? George Norrie, the, one of the most popular, if not the most popular, uh, talk shows at night on the radio, and I believe the most popular one on the internet. Period. Okay, we're talking. This guy has millions and millions of listeners. He's interviewed thousands of people. Here, let's let's see what he has to say about this interview. Now, um, remember, 
we were going to open this up for Q&A. He had talked, he made reference to that with Benjamin Krem on the radio. Well, something happens. Let's, let's see. Hold on, we're going to take some phone calls from you. And as you know, there are a number of people who will claim you represent the Antichrist. Okay, now, remember, he just said we're going to take some phone calls for Benjamin Krem. Let's see, something happens. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. I'm George Norrie. We're going to have open lines now for the next three hours for you. I've got to tell you something. I have done well over 5,000 interviews in my life. 5,000 interviews. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of interviews. Every interview that I've done in my career, I've come into work, I've had energy, even though I may have had a cold or you heard me muffled. I always just carried through. I could do anything with those 5,000 interviews. Always here. This is the first time that I have truly felt like I was going to pass out. This was the first time I felt like I'm going to black out if I keep doing this interview. This was the strangest, eeriest feeling. I have ever had. Now, I just went to my fast blasts. And I'm getting the same thing. Hundreds of people feeling ill again. It is weird. And so, I've got to, I've got to go to open lines. I mean, his issues, the Maitreya issues, I'm not sure if he's the chosen one or the Antichrist. I don't know. But there's something weird about this. And, uh, my, oh, my, oh, my. We'll have open lines for you in a moment on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back to the open line portion of Coast to Coast AM. I'm George Norrie. Let me read some of the email. Okay, that's the end. That's, that's, then it goes to open lines and they, they talk. I don't know. Uh, I listened a little bit to the open lines, but I didn't listen a lot. But notice, George Norrie ended the interview. Benjamin Krem wasn't on there. He had to go off and basically end the interview with, with, I'm sure he was cordial, but he couldn't go on anymore. He's done over 5,000 interviews, and I'm telling you, George Norrie's interviewed a lot of high-level occultists, people involved in clairvoyance, paranormal, channelers, these types of things. That's more the norm for him. But of all, out of all 5,000 interviews, this interview in particular, the, he was so out of it, felt like he was going to pass out, that evidently he had to end the interview soon. And this is why he, he kind of contradicts himself. He didn't really contradict himself, but when he said, we're going to go to open lines of Q&A, he couldn't do it. And then he had all these people in his fast blast that were emailing him, telling them that they were physically ill listening to this interview with Benjamin Krem. I don't believe all of them were saved. Probably some of them were, some of them weren't. But this happened the exact same scenario, except it didn't happen to George in the first interview. Remember he said that before, that there were a lot of people ill from listening to the first interview with Benjamin Krem four years ago. Here we go again, except now it's even worse. If I could speak to George, I would tell him the witchcraft 
that he is dealing with, the occult powers that he is dealing with, which is most likely the same occult powers that the Bible mentions, all lying signs and wonders and power. This is how he's going to deceive the whole world. This is the power of the Antichrist. This power affects people. This power will affect you, particularly if you're not covered under the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying that somebody that's saved isn't going to be affected from the standpoint of uh, the Holy Spirit that lives inside a born-again believer being grieved. Okay, um, But I just thought it rather interesting that George had to end this interview and he's never had to do that before, ever. And here it is. What is the subject? Maitreya. Benjamin Krem. This is the evil that we're dealing with. We're dealing with extremely high-level witchcraft, which will be the essence of the coming one-world religion. And uh, I tell you, if that doesn't get your attention, I don't know what will. Now, what I'm going to do now is we're going to go to the newest um, magazine, Share International. This is the July-August. This is they call this a like a uh, condensed type of version. And um, I went up there and checked the their website. This is right off their website. I haven't altered anything. What I've done is copied and pasted some of the pertinent things for this issue. Now, this is called, the first part was called the Master's Article, The Time of Revelation. This is a, um, this is basically what we're reading here is channeled through Benjamin Krem on June 14th, 2009, Maitreya channeling through Benjamin Krem. That's how it's, it's essentially introduced. And um, I'm just going to quote here. This is Benjamin Krem, Maitreya talking through him, and then writing it. Much government action is secretive and obscure. Much is done behind the scenes of which the people never hear. But generally, governments, at least the so-called democratic world, are careful not to rouse the ire or discontent of the people. There is one major area which this is assuredly not the case, though. For over 60 years, governments worldwide have withheld from the people the reality of the UFOs or the flying saucers. Further, they have sought all means to denigrate the occupants of these visiting craft as aliens, destructive and harmful to the people of Earth. To keep their populations under control and to avoid panic, they have denied the experience of hundreds of thousands of intelligent, open-minded citizens. They have thus created a major myth that, quote, flying saucers do not exist, but they are dangerous and rapacious to men on Earth. Likewise, they have taught the people to deride the notion that crop circles are a legacy from space. Yet every government has unassailable proof of their existence, creativity, and superior technology of these brave and harmless visitors from the sister planets of our system, meaning solar system. Our profound ignorance of subtle planes of matter has allowed the major governments of the world to maintain this deception for so long. So here we again, let's go back into, here's Devil Boy again, telling us his version of the truth, Benjamin Krem's version of the truth, that these flying saucers are here for our benefit, that they're benevolent beings. They're not malevolent, meaning evil. They're benevolent beings. And that these, all these beings, they've made these crop circles to try to communicate with us. We've been taught that they're dangerous and that they're evil and uh, you know they're destructive and harmful to the people on Earth. But actually, the reality is 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 their existence 
these these um, UFOs, these aliens are actually creative, they have superior technology, and they're brave, and they're harmless. And they're from our sister planets and our solar system. Well, what is the reality there? I mean, if you go and you interview the people that have been abducted, and don't kid yourself because most likely a very conservative estimate is 2 to 3% of the population of America alone has been abducted. Okay? Now, you can't tell me that many people are nuts. Now, these aren't people walking around with placards on and, and announcing it. It's an embarrassing thing. But when the statistics have been assembled, a conservative estimate is 2 to 3%. Now, if you go back and you listen to the study that I did on the Grenada Treaty, where I talk about this particular thing, and I'm not going to say anything more than that, but if you key in Grenada, or part of the word, in my keyword search box on my homepage, Scott A. Johnson, you'll, you'll find it. And I get into this many, many parts. I explain this, how this happened. But if you look at the people that are getting abducted, typically, the vast majority of them are having horrific experiences. If they're permitted to, if they are, are able to remember they're being implanted, they're being prodded, they're having um, all types of bodily fluids extracted, they're being sexually assaulted, they're, being, they're having all manner of evil done to them during these abductions, yet this devil, Benjamin Krem, has the audacity to come out and say that they're brave and they're harmless visitors from our sister planets who just want to share their superior technology and benevolence for humanity. What a lie from the pit of hell. Tell that to all the people that have been abducted and have all these horror stories. How stupid does he think... Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, un, it's, un, it's incomprehensible. The lies that come out of his mouth. And I like exposing his lies. I, I want him to be shown for the devil that he is. I've done more studies on this particular subject than any other ones because I believe this is going to be one of the greatest deceptions that's foisted upon the earth that the world has ever known. And it's coming, and it's coming very soon, most likely. We're right on the cusp of it right now with all of these things that we're, we're facing. So these are some of the things that, that uh, Maitreya is channeling through Krem. I should really be blaming Maitreya more than Krem because Krem is just a mouthpiece, Okay. Uh, he's just the messenger. The source of it is Maitreya. And uh, this is one of the big lies. Now again, most likely what we're going to have in this scenario is this good cop, bad cop alien. We're going to have the Nordics and the Ascended Masters. And then on the in the other corner, we're going to have the Greys and we're going to have the uh, Reptilians. And they're going to be pitted against one another. And again, the Hegelian dialectic will, will side with one. And in that way, we can unite in, with our space brothers so if we go further, this article continues and it says, At last, the time of revelation has arrived, for no longer will government agencies hide the truth from men of Earth. Their brotherhood with far-off planets in our solar system, already the star-like luminary, the herald of Maitreya's emergence, is showing people worldwide that for years they have been deceived by their governments. Now this is in reference to this spaceship that's showing up all over the planet that people are taking pictures of and recording. Okay, this is the, what he refers to as a star-like luminary. It's not a star; it's a star-like luminary, meaning it's luminescent. Okay, this is the herald of Tra Maitreya's emergence, just like they're saying the Star of Bethlehem was that for um, Jesus Christ. Notice they always just love to key on the Christian religion and attack it most of all. 
It's their only threat, if you think about it. Uh, Going further, I mean, they've got all the other religious systems. Uh, Let's see here. You may be sure that Maitreya will reveal the truth of our relationship with other planets and of the cooperation for a long for long has continued between us. It is the time of revelation. Yeah. Demonic revelation. Here's Q&A. Q&A from Benjamin Krem. Question. This is a question that's being posed to, to Krem. He says, Is the new star the returning, the return of the star of Bethlehem, or are the sign of the Son of or the sign of the Son of Man is prophesied by Jesus? Answer. The star is symbolically the sign of the Son of Man and heralds the first appearance of Maitreya, the world teacher, on U.S. television, interviewed not as Maitreya, but as an ordinary man. So evidently, he's going to appear as this, just, you know, your average Joe. Joe Sixpack. You know, he's going to probably come in a flannel shirt, ripped up jeans, you know, maybe he's going to carry a six-pack. You know, he's going to be able to identify with the common man. Give me a break. Then, what's the second question? Two, are all the things that have been happening in recent past signs of him appearing soon? Uh, Answer, yes. Question three, how do you explain the Bible's prophecy in Matthew 24, 29-31, where Jesus said he will come on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory? And the scripture says, And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, say the Lord of hosts, Malachi 3.1. This is plainly talking about a real temple in Israel, to me at least. Now this is the person posing this question. The problem is that the Jewish people do not have the rebuilt temple of Solomon yet. This prophecy is yet to be fulfilled. Okay, now, again, they've got all the implements ready for the, for the rebuilt temple. There is an organization called the Temple Institute, and they're just basically waiting to get started on the rebuilding of the temple. But the, remember, remember, the abomination of desolation, which occurs at the midpoint part of the seven and a half year, or the seven year tribulation at the midpoint in three and a half years, when Satan essentially goes in, or the Antichrist in this case, goes in and proclaims himself to be God in the rebuilt temple, that's three and a half years into the tribulation. We don't have a temple yet. Well, they've got three and a half years to get it built until the time that the, uh, that the um, abomination of desolation can occur. Now, they'll probably have it built before then, okay? But, I, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a question that um, he's posing here to Benjamin Kremp. So what's the answer here? His answer is, Maitreya descended from his... Re- now, listen to this. This is really rich. Let me just read the first part. How do you explain the Bible's prophecy in Matthew 24, 29-31, where Jesus said he will come on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory? <laughs> Get this. This is, this is rich. Now remember, Maitreya is supposedly omnipresent, omniscient, you know, all these, all these things only God Almighty can do. Here's what Benjamin Krim's scholarly answer is to this, coming on the clouds in great glory. Maitreya descended from his retreat in the high Himalayas on July 8th, 1977, he stayed some days in Pakistan, and then he came to Karachi in um, London of the UK on July 19, 1977. Thus, coming in the clouds, which today can be done by an aeroplane. Oh, man. Oh, this is, I mean, that, isn't that funny? I mean, that, that is hilarious. That, that's, it almost sounds like a joke. So evidently, um, 
everybody flying around the world is actually fulfilling that prophecy, according to Benjamin Graham, because there's people flying all around the world every day in planes. You know, they could all claim to be Savior, evidently, if that were the only qualification. Coming in the clouds with great glory? How is that coming in the clouds? What did they do? Did they have, like, the red carpet thing they rolled out for the Delta plane that rolled up? Oh, great glory. Here he comes in his flowing white robes. I mean, if this guy was really is, is all that, why didn't he just materialize out of thin and actually come on the clouds? Uh, evidently, he couldn't pull it off. I guess his budget was limited. I don't know. I mean, isn't this ass? This is crazy. Just crazy. So, if we go further, the next question. How do you see this happening? Uh, he goes on to say, the temple referred to is symbolic. Oh, see, this is what the occultists love to do. They love to say everything is symbolic. You know, when it's just black and white in the scripture. Okay? The temple's symbolic. Just like the Antichrist is not a real man, it's a force. Remember? As Benjamin Krem so uh, wonderfully gave us that Bible study in the, on the George Norrie interview. The temple is referred to in the, is symbolic. It's not a building, but it means, but it means humanity. Evidently, the temple means humanity. Okay? To that which the Son of Man returns as the oldest and the highest of men. That makes no sense whatsoever. None. Not even remote sense. But, again, Benjamin Krem makes my job pretty easy. Because it's, it's so easy to prove he's a liar when you compare it to Scripture. Here's another question. In what way did the inhabitants of other planets help humanity? And why have there been so many UFO sightings over the Netherlands, as mentioned recently in Share International? <clears throat> Answer. The first thing to understand is that UFOs, unidentified flying objects, may be unidentified by the government agencies, but they are real. They exist and they have a mission. Listen to this one. This is a whopper. Without their help, this planet would now be uninhabitable. Oh, thank you, Mr. Green Little Alien Buddy Space Friend, for helping us out and making our big blue marble inhabitable because of your benevolence. Thank you so much. That's what Maitreya is saying here. Then he goes on to say, all the UFOs entering our airspace come from the planets in our own solar system. The majority of them come from Mars and Venus. We are told there's no life on Mars and that Venus too is uninhabitable. This is because those, quote, wise people who tell us these things, the governments and the scientists, do not understand anything about energy. Esotericism, which is, whenever you see that word esoteric, Think of occult knowledge, okay? This is this high-level occult knowledge, like with Madame Blavatsky and these types of people. Maitreya goes on to say, Esotericism postulates seven physical states of matter. We have instruments to measure only solid, liquid, and gaseous physical states of matter. So we assume, due to our limited technology, that there is none other higher than gas. This is not true. So if you went to Mars, you would see nothing unless you had etheric vision. Now, this would be, I believe, akin to having your third eye opened, which is one of the goals that occultists try to obtain, where they can actually see into the spirit world. It has to do with the pineal gland and these types of things. And they can get their third eye open and actually see into the spiritual realm of things. We can see, like, devils and demons and, and most likely even probably good angels. Uh, I believe this is what he's talking about with this etheric vision. Now... I wanted to give you a little more of an explanation of what that meant. So, from Wikipedia, we read, The etheric plane 
okay, the etheric plane is termed is a term introduced into theosophy by Charles Webster Ledbetter in Annie Besant to represent one of the planes of existence. Now, theosophy, you know, started by H.P. Madame Blavatsky, one of the most wicked women the world's ever known, who was, you know, uh, Aleister Crowley was one of her, you know, went on to, uh, you know, expand on her work and these types of things. These are wicked, wicked, wicked Luciferians. Okay, this is where a lot of this is where Benjamin Krem comes from. Alice Bailey, Madame Blavatsky. We've done whole teachings on on Alice Bailey and, and Blavatsky and these types of people. You can go and do keyword searches for in my search box. So, um, but the, the etheric plane represents one of the planes of existence in neo-theosophical in Rosicrucian, like the Rosicrucians, the Order of the Rosy Cross. Okay, another high level occult. Freemason-like cult. It represents the fourth or higher subplane of the physical plane, the lower three being the states of solid, liquid, and gaseous material. The idea was popularized in the books of Alice Bailey, Rudolf Steiner, Walter John Kilner, and others. The term aether, otherwise written as ether, was adopted from the ancient Greek philosophy and the science into Victorian physics and utilized by Madame H.P. Blavatsky to correspond with Ashka, which is the fifth element of Hindu metaphysics. So, yeah, it sounds like something we want to be messing around with as a Christian, right? I mean, there's no red flags there. Well, evidently, we have to have this etheric vision to see what's actually going on in other planets. Maitreya goes on to say, um, there are actually more people on Mars... Although is although it is a smaller planet than on Earth, well, as far as demonic activity, fallen angelic, maybe there is. I don't really know. Okay, it's probably a lie from the pit of hell there anyway. A lot of these, one of the ways that they wow people, the UFO occupants, is saying we come like the Gray said they come from Zeta Reticuli, eighty billion gillion miles away. Wow, that's so impressive. I mean, they've got to be all-powerful to get here if they come from 80 billion, gillion miles away. I mean, where do I sign up? Well, that's what they do. They try to get you into this awe and wonder phase, okay, when they're nothing more from devils from the pit of hell. So if you went to Venus, this is back to Maitreya, if you went to Venus, you would see nothing. But there are people on Venus and all the planets of our system, uh, but evidently they're etheric people, meaning they're in the spirit world, meaning... From what I'm seeing, if they were there, they're probably most likely demonic or fallen angelic. The masters of our planet are in touch with the masters of various planets. The solar system acts as a unit. The planets are not isolated, but are in contact from moment to moment. And they evolve together. It's always about evolution. Our, our ascended, we're ascending, we're going higher. We're, you know. It, then he goes on to say, if one falls behind, as this planet has done, meaning Earth, it causes concern for the others. What is that saying? That's giving them the pretext or the excuse for these UFOs to come down and finally intervene in their little science project, humanity, and say, listen, you guys, you messed things up so bad, we're going to have to come back and straighten this out. That's what they're going to say. Then it goes on to say, the beings in the UFOs from whatever planet, mainly Mars and Venus, but others too, have a tremendous task in working to eliminate or to at least reduce pollution. That's what they do. I don't know if you've ever seen, but most of the UFOs go around. They've got big, gigantic mufflers hanging off the bottom of the UFOs. And what they do is they funnel all the pollution through the mufflers, and it gets all the, their own little UFO catalytic converter, gets all the pollution out of there, and then 
puts out clean air. I don't know if you knew that, but that's that's how they operate. Just sorry, I'm just kidding. Teasing, little humor there. Anyway, that's what mufflers do. They they remove pollution. So anyway, uh, I, I I just can't help but be a little bit uh, sarcastic regarding this teaching. So, a vast amount of the Space Brothers' time and energy is spent. This is the these are our our love lovely beloved Space Brothers. You know. A vast time of the Space Brothers' time and energy is spent neutralizing so far as they are allowed to under karmic law. Remember, we have to always keep our karma balanced. Uh, so as they're allowed to under karmic law, they're, they're sent here to neutralize nuclear pollution on planet Earth. We owe them an enormous debt. Again, lies heaped upon lies heaped upon lies. Another part of their tremendous work for planet Earth is that they are replicating on a physical plane the magnetic energy around the planet. The energy field is made of flows of magnetic energy where these flows meet, crisscross, a vortex, or a center of force results. They are, they are replicating that center of energy on the physical plane in connection with a new technology which will give us unlimited direct energy from the sun. Now remember, this is one of the carrots that Satan is going to bring to humanity to get us to bow down and worship him, to get us to get on his playing field. Hey, listen guys, i got a solution for all these combustible engines, for all of this pollution that's going up. I've got unlimited free energy I'm going to give you. We've already got that capability. It's just been suppressed. Then it goes back to Maitreya here. He says, The relationship of the sun's energy and the magnetic energy from our magnetic field will free humanity and give us safe, unlimited energy for every human need. And I'm telling you, this is one of the many things he's going to offer humanity. Just like in that clip that I played for, for you from V, those people getting healed, one of the things they're going to do, they're going to be able to heal people, they're going to uh, pr present all these cures to all these supposedly uncurable diseases. And again, the cures are being suppressed. Just key in Pharmakia in the search box on my homepage and see how the wicked medical profession, or particularly the pharmaceutical industry, has done everything in the world to keep cures from coming to the forefront. That is their job. Pharmaceuticals equal reoccurring revenue, and it's all about the money. So key in that. You can listen to that. But... Um, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna make themselves look like angels of light. The Bible says that if Satan can transform into an angel of light, it's no marvel that his ministers can transform into ministers of righteousness. They're gonna be no different than than that. So then let's go further. Back to Maitreya. What do you think crop circles are? Now that's what he's saying. He's giving you this question. Maitreya says they are points, vortices on this magnetic grid created by the Space Brothers. This is, uh, is that like the Jonas Brothers? I, I don't know. Is there any relation there? Anyway, uh, this is a new technology of light, which is forecast by Maitreya. These vortices, of course, are all over the world, not just where there are crop circles. The crop circles are there to draw attention to the fact that the Space Brothers are there. See, that's why these really elaborate crop circles that appear instantaneously in these fields... They've got some type of laser technology on these, you know, fallen angelic craft, these demonic craft, that, are, that allow them to, to, to um, make these impressions in these fields instantaneously. It's like a program, and they run it, boom, it's there, okay? 
Satan's going to come with all lying signs and wonders. You know, why should this, why should this surprise us? Uh, and if we go further, so there, these crop circles are there. And now remember what we ju- just talked about. Benjamin Krim clearly stated that this last one that had been done in this field in England um, well, of the star is there to further point to the fact that this coming star-like luminary, these, these spaceships that are going to be seen around the world, that we're right on the cusp of that. He's, he's, they're preparing humanity for this. Okay, Hollywood's preparing us. Benjamin Krem's preparing us. Um, the TV, the, so many other things are preparing us for this. So, um, Maitreya goes on to say, these crop circles are amazing constructions. They are made in seconds by ships of the Space Brothers. They are complex and beautiful constructions which cannot be made in any other way. They appear all over the world, but the majority are in the south of England. Why? Because Maitreya lives in London. Also in that same region. Also the highest per capita witchcraft on the planet Earth. There's more people there that are witches than any other place on Earth. Um, and that's uh, it's no coincidence. So, he goes on to say, this is the end here. Recently, my master talked about a coming together of the forces of light. He meant the coming of masters into the everyday world. I believe this is Benjamin Krem injecting here. So, Maitreya was actually mentioning this coming together of the forces of light. Remember, when this happens, they're going to have these ascended masters, Maitreya being at the forefront, being the leader. But he's going to have other other ascended masters that come with him. One of them is this Jesus, Sananda, Emmanuel. You have another one called Saint Germain. You have another one called, uh, oh my word, I went, I went through a whole bunch of these. Oh, Master Mary Magdalene, which is supposedly Mary Magdalene, the ascended master, Jesus Christ, they're going to say, was never crucified. He actually ended up whisking, being whisked away by Mary Magdalene, was never crucified on the cross. Went up into uh, the northern parts of Europe and established this Merovingian bloodline. And that's a whole other bunch of garbage that I've dealt with in other teachings. Uh, Again, it's all trying to question the word of God and the deity of Jesus Christ. Because if he can get you to doubt the word of God and, and to question who Jesus Christ is... What can you pin your hope on in life? What are you putting your faith in? Your faith is destroyed. It's shipwrecked. If you believe this garbage, the Da Vinci Code, Holy Blood, Holy Grail, the lost tomb of Jesus. I've done teachings about every one of these things. Because why? Because the Bible says in Jude that you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. These things are attacking my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ directly. Directly. And I'm going to fight that. And the Bible says to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but to rather reprove them and make manifest of them. To be make, to, to reprove them and to make them manifest, we have to shed light on them. We have to show them. This deception is going to ta- overtake the whole world very, very soon. Most Christians are not going to have a clue about what's going on. Why? Why do I say that? Because their 501c3 corporate institutions have done such a wonderful job preparing them for the great grand delusion that's coming that the Bible clearly predicts in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Where God's going to send a strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth. I mean, let's face it, you have this pseudo-lukewarm Christian, all of a sudden Maitreya shows up and there's all these things going on, these cataclysmic events. I don't remember reading this in the Bible. I don't remember my pastor saying this. And then they fall away. And then they start to believe the lie because it's more real than anything they've ever learned. They were never saved. They were just kind of going through the motions. They thought, you know, 
they were in need of nothing. Like the Bible talks about in Revelation 3 of the Laodicean church. Oh, we're neither they're hot nor cold. We're in need of nothing. And that they don't understand that they're blind, wretched, weak, naked before God. That is the typical state of the church, particularly in America. Now, I'm not saying every single one, but most of them, most people don't have a clue about this stuff. And you can be destroyed for lack of knowledge. I mean, if you start... If this destroys your faith because you believe this deception that's coming, haven't you been destroyed for lack of knowledge? It's very important. The Bible says, lest Satan get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Second, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.11 So, we do not want Satan to get an advantage of us because we're ignorant of his devices, and if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So, I'm telling you, I've been warning you, I mean, if... It, it, I, who knows how long they'll let me keep putting this stuff up here on the internet, but, um, you know, if this were to be my last teaching or whatever, take this. You've been forewarned. Um, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me, okay? This is not something that should upset us or get us. We should see the confirmation of the Word of God here. That's what I see. I see the confirmation of the Word of God all over this teaching. It does not upset me. It does not dissuade me. In fact, it increases my faith because I can see the the handprints of Satan all over this. But more importantly, I see it confirming Scripture. And that's the main thing. So, going further here. Um, these forces of light are going to come together, Maitreya is saying, on our planet. These are most likely the ascended masters they're talking about, but also joining together with the forces of light of Mars and Venus. So these other ascended masters from far off planets are going to come and help us out. Perhaps other planets in large numbers as well. There will, there, Where there were one or two, there will be many. Whether there were many, there will be even more. And everywhere, oh good, we'll just have devils and demons everywhere. Well, it's kind of like the Bible says, when they're going to open up the abyss, you know, and all these you know, wicked, wicked entities are going to come out of the abyss. talks about the river Euphrates, that they're going to have these incredibly strong, wicked spirits or fallen angels released out of there. Yeah, it's going to be a time like you've never known. But again, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. None of this should intimidate us. None of it. You just have to have the faith to believe that, that you know, you can deal with this no matter what comes. So if we go further, and everywhere, not only in the Netherlands, but everywhere, increasing numbers of people are sending in reports of UFO sightings. Now, the Netherlands is another one of the most wicked areas on planet Earth. I mean, they got they do stuff in the Netherlands that even America doesn't do regarding, you know, euthanasia, and, and they've got, you know, hash bars there, you know, you can get all kinds of drugs, they've got the red light districts, I mean, it is just beyond wicked. Now, I'm not coming down, somebody lives in the Netherlands, I know I have listeners there. Okay, I've only gotten confirmation of what I said about the Netherlands. It's not like I think it's a, uh, you know, like, you know, um, every place on earth, essentially, right now, is being defiled. Okay, some worse than others. That's all I'm really trying to say. I don't want to, like, you know, single anybody out in particular. But the Netherlands is a really, really dark place regarding just sin. And I believe that wherever you have this this sin that's taking dominion over a particular area, and we know London and England having some of the highest per capita witchcraft that there's on the planet, the Netherlands, it's no wonder that they're, you know, having all of these manifestations in these places. They're having a ton here too in America, so I'm not saying we're any better. In London, uh, this is evidently Maitreya, 
Now, I think this is Benjamin Krem saying this. In London, near where I live, one night recently, there were 17 flying low over the ground, meaning UFOs. They were seen by many people who stopped their cars, got out, and watched this parade of UFOs flying. I mean, there's so many UFO reports now, they're not even talked about. They're just, they're a blip in the news, if anything. Uh, they're, it's being suppressed up until the time when things start to really go down and the dam breaks of this demonic dam, and then we're going to see a flood of it, and it's going to be out in the news. So they conclude this by saying, so there is a coming together of these forces. People will record more and more evidence of the flying saucers, the UFOs. They are all part of the plan of the emerging hierarchy of our world. End of quote. So we're going to go ahead and end there. We've done three parts today on this particular thing. And I just want to keep you abreast of this because... Um, you know, the swine flu thing is important. There's a lot of different aspects to this and um, to this end-time delusion. It's not just one thing. It's not like I can just talk about Maitreya and not talk about this or that. I'm trying uh, to keep everybody abreast of these issues so that they're not um, destroyed for lack of knowledge, so that they're familiar and aware of Satan's devices, and so that they too can go into their community, in and into their friends, and reprove the unfruitful works of darkness have no fellowship with them, to make manifest them, to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. So I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and time that you've given us. I thank you, God, that you've let us come together um, and to do another teaching regarding this event uh, that's coming, most likely, with Maitreya. Pray, Lord God, that your will would be done. I understand, Lord God, that I believe this is part of the strong delusion that you are sending. And I just pray, God, that there would be many, 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 Lord God, thousands that would wake up to this reality before it happens, Lord. Because if it happens, there's a much lower likelihood, Lord God, that they're going to be able to be reached or to see truth. I pray to God you'd intervene in those, um, the lives of those hearing this recording. I pray to God in the name of Jesus Christ, if they're not saved, you'd save their souls. For it's your will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. I, I just pray so much that their souls be saved. And that, Lord God, you'd give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the true salvation through him, his finished work on the cross, the blood that he shed to save our souls. I pray you'd forgive us for any and all sins we've committed in any way, shape, or form, and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, Lord, our strength and our redeemer, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing in your sight. I just praise you, Lord. I thank you. I ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.